You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode 54, and today we're talking about how to be more happy. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. While it seems complex and overwhelming, my passion is to help you break it down into the basics and live a simplistic and healthy life that you enjoy. And today, we talk just about that life you enjoy by breaking down happiness and ultimately how you can live with more joy. Yes, this summer series here on Simple Ritz Radio is full of lighthearted and yet deep informational interviews with some of my favorite guests on topics including happiness, jealousy, healing chronic pain, inflammation, and so much more. I am so excited for you to be here and to enjoy every tip, trick, and hack these experts give us. Up first is Sarah Von Bargen, and she's breaking down happiness. I have to say that this is the kind of interview that really lights my heart on fire. Sarah is the author and owner of the lifestyle blog yesandyes.org, working to help women all over the world live better lives. Today on the show, I'll be asking Sarah about defining happiness in our own life, the secrets to living with more happiness, and how we can start doing this today. I know for me, this has been a struggle in the last few years. I know it sounds crazy, but seriously, for far too long, I thought it was just if I work harder, achieve more, then I could be happy. But what I now know is happiness isn't a destination. It's a daily choice and one that we have to make every single day of our entire life. I love the quote, happiness is letting go of what you think your life is supposed to look like and celebrating it for everything that it is. And that's by Mandy Hal. I would say she nailed it. It's letting go of what we can't control and living in joy no matter what. So let's get right to the show and learn how we can live with more happiness. Here's Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on and kind of twist this health into what I'm really passionate about, and that's happiness and like living a life to your fullest because so often I see people traveling down this road of wanting to get healthy and living for health so much so that they can't even see beyond that to live life now. Like we have to get to a certain size or a certain number or something in order to achieve happiness, but that's so backwards. And that's why I'm excited to have you on because you are, you talk about happiness all the time on your site, Yes and Yes, which we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. But I just want to welcome you to the show and just thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I think you're absolutely right. There is a huge overlap in this stuff that we talk about and people chasing um, specific goals, believing that once they, you know, earn six figures, once they wear a size four, then everything will fall into place. But in reality, you're still you, no matter where you go, you're still you. Right. And, you know, you're still you. You're just sitting, you know, on a nicer sofa in a different pair of jeans. Right. Exactly. So today we're talking all about happiness, obviously, and more specifically how we can bank it for future use, which I think mm-hmm. is a fascinating topic. But first, yes. before we get into banking it, can we just talk about finding happiness? Because I feel like it's 
It's yeah. a very fleeting thing. And, and people, it's almost like we're trying to chase happiness. But what does it mm. mean to actually find happiness? And is it something we chase or is it something we just do? Like, just understand happiness better. So I tell my students three things. There's sort of three core principles when it comes to finding happiness. And number one is realizing that pretty much all of us, myself included, have absorbed ideas about what happiness should look like. And those ideas might not be right for us. We get those ideas from our family, from our peer group, from media, um, and we don't even realize that we've absorbed them, but we've all absorbed them. So step number one is realizing that you have probably absorbed ideas about happiness that are not right for you. Step number two is getting incredibly specific about what makes you happy. Because a lot of us Like, if you ask most people what makes you happy, they would say things like spending time with friends and family, being outside, and travel. But we all know that, like, drinking wine in your sweatpants with your best friend is not the same as, like, Thanksgiving dinner with your family. Right. (laughs) And both of those fall under the heading of time with friends and family, but they're very different. Mm -hmm. So if you get incredibly specific about what makes you happy, it's a lot easier to pursue it. And then the other thing that I would say is that happiness, it's a liquid not a solid. Like you have to make a choice and make an effort to be happy every day. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I mean, at the risk of sounding cheesy, like it's truly a journey and an everyday process. As I'm sure you've seen with your clients, like they think, okay, well, I'm a size six now. I have a six pack. So now I'm happy. And of course, that's not how it works. And you don't like put on the size six jeans and then your life falls into place and then you can stop exercising and eating healthy. The same with happiness. It's a daily process. Your life is going to change. You're going to change. The things that are going to make you happy are going to change. Mm-hmm. And so it's a journey. You have to do it every day. It's not a one and done situation. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about being specific, because I'm all about being specific, but I feel like some people are just so surface level. We have no idea how to kind of dig deep to really find, okay, beyond friends and family, like what specifically does that look like? Do you have any tips or advice on how we can, like how deep do we go? How do we get that specific with it? Well, the the two things that I tell people to do are, and this is incredibly simple, it's simple, but it's not easy, is that to literally just notice when you're really happy. Right. And what I do, this is really nerdy, but I have a document in my phone And when I notice like, oh, God, I'm so happy. This is great. I look around me and I make a note in my phone of what's going on. And so sometimes that's like being alone in nature, Mm -hmm. having like a midday, midweek meal out with my friends, being in water, not in a pool, but in like a natural body of water. So I just notice when I'm really happy and then I make note of it so I can reference it. The other thing I've I've encountered, um, a lot of my students have told me, and I believe that they believe it when they say it, they say, but I don't know what makes me happy. And to that, I uh, lovingly call shenanigans because I don't buy that. Mm -hmm. But I would say a lot of us think we don't know what makes us happy because we've been inundated for our whole lives about other ideas about what makes us happy. Or when we were open and honest about what made us happy, someone we loved about, someone we cared about, sort of judged us about it. It was like, oh, no, you, you don't like that. You're not into that anymore. Oh, I thought you grew out of it. So try to let go of that and also think back to the things that made you happy when you were a kid because like when you were like 10, because it's pretty likely that that stuff still makes you happy and it's pretty likely that there's an adult version of that. Like when I was a kid, I loved singing, dancing, reading, Mm -hmm. writing, traveling, cooking, 
And I still love all of those things. I mean, I'm not in like ballet class for little kids anymore, but I love Zumba. I love going out dancing with my friends. The same things still make me happy. So if you're at a real loss for figuring out what makes you happy, just think back on what you used to love when you were in like third and fourth grade, because you probably still love it. Right. I like that. I like that a lot because then it's so easy to remember and to kind of reminisce about what does. And you're so right because some of the Mm -hmm. things now I'm thinking about that I love doing then are still the things that I really Mm -hmm. love doing, maybe just in a different way. So awesome. And I think that when we're kids, when we're kids, we're not wound up about like, is this monetizable? Can I become a professional at this? Like, is this an expensive hobby to pursue? We're just Mm -hmm. doing it because we like doing it. Mm -hmm. But when we're adults, especially if you're someone who's online, you get concerned about like, am I going to put this on Instagram? Can I find a way to like sell a course about this? Or like, are my friends going to judge me because I'm into bird watching? But when you're a kid, you don't have to think about that. So it's it's much easier to go back and think about what you loved as a kid when you weren't hung up on all these other things. Right. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions in my mind. But I really want to start though and kind of go back. Like what was your own story of finding happiness? Like where did this passion for helping others truly live with happiness come from? Well, I would say this is probably not a helpful answer, but I think that this was sort of like an innate, I don't know if talent is the right word, but this is something that I always did. And like everybody you know, like what is going on in my head is what's normal. What I do is normal. I don't think it's special. I don't think it's interesting. This is just how I navigate my life. And it wasn't till I was an adult and I was doing things that people were commenting on, like, how can you afford to do that? Oh my gosh, you always are having so much fun. Your Instagram feed is so interesting. How do you think of doing these things? People were always commenting on what I was doing. And that's sort of what made me realize that I navigated things differently. What the funny story is, um, I've been online for a really long time. I've been blogging for nine years. And when I started blogging, I was a teacher at um, a nonprofit. So I made like $2. Um, And even though I didn't make very much money, I saved enough money to travel to take a 10-month international trip. And I put this all on the blog. And when I met my husband, he was at work looking at my blog. And one of his coworkers saw that and said, like, oh, I know yes and yes. I I read that blog. And Kenny said, oh, you know, I date her. I'm dating her. And um, this this coworker of his said, does she have a trust fund? (laughs) because he could not believe that I was leading the life that I was leading on the income that he believed that I had. And when Uh my husband told me this, that was sort of the light bulb that like, oh, I'm doing things differently than other people are doing Uh them. Like if a stranger (laughs) thinks that I have a trust fund to be able to have all the fun that I'm having and do the things that I'm doing, clearly there's something that I'm doing that's different. So that was sort of the wake up call that like, I'm doing things differently and maybe I should tell people about how I'm doing them because clearly it's sort of like a a noteworthy Mm -hmm. and jarring thing that I'm doing. So what kind of mindset shift do you think someone has to undergo from the mindset of like, for instance, your life where you just, you do it, like you value it and you desire it and you do it without thinking of, oh, I'll do it when I have enough money or when I have, you know, X, Y, and Z. So what's the mindset shift to go from, yeah, like, let's just live life because Mm -hmm. there's only one life to live to coming from the mindset of like, well, I have to wait until I have enough savings or I have to wait until I'm a certain size. Like, what do you think switches that? Like, is it just a choice? Is that as simple as just being a choice? 
Well, I think it is, it's different for everyone because, you know, we all have, we're all motivated differently. And obviously like someone who is extrinsically motivated, um, you know, which is someone who needs to be like held accountable by others is, is going to have um, a different end game than somebody who can be self-motivated. Um, but for me, uh, and this is sort of dark, but like nothing's promised guys. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> I, like I, I have a friend who became a widow when she was 31 years old. Like mm. I have a friend who's 37, who's going through chemo and had a mastectomy for breast cancer. You know, it, it truly, you shouldn't be waiting on your happiness because there right. are no guarantees. And that's not to say that you need, that you should be incurring credit card debt. And that's not to say that this is your excuse to like not talk to your grandparents anymore because it's kind of a hassle. But what I'm saying is you can and should experience happiness every day. You don't need to like save it for the future because someday is not a day. Right. That makes total sense though. I mean, because we have to just live it, right? Like, it's just something that yeah. we kind of have to wrap our mind around and really desire to do and get beyond all that. I always think this is kind of a random thing, but, like, I look at Oprah a lot because, I mean, everyone knows Oprah, right? And yeah. now she's doing the whole Weight Watchers thing. And and it's just, like, the, a woman who had all the money in the world, right? Like, had everything that she yeah. could ever want. And yet mm-hmm. she's still seeking and almost chasing mm-hmm. health, right? Like... Mm-hmm. In essence, like we can kind of see these other people who have everything and they're still not doing it. And so no matter where you are, I I agree. Like it's just finding that and what makes you happy and living that. Honestly, so we were kind of talking before the show. We have a mutual friend, Heidi, who does Nourish Planner with me. Um, And a year ago or or more, I guess she, um, this is really random. I don't even know if she would love me telling this, but she takes a, a tub every night. She calls it a tub. She draws a tub and sits in the tub. And ever since she told me about that, I was like, she takes a bath every single night. Like, who am I? Like, I don't even have time to take a shower like Half the time yeah. I should be taking a shower, right? Like my life is so yeah. crazy. And I was like, no, like you have the time. You just have to yes. make the time. And yes. literally that little thing sparked something inside of me of like, gosh, just every night for five minutes, like it's not a big deal. And ever since mm-hmm. I started taking a shower or a bath every single night and like this is totally random, but just like that little oh, act yes. seemed yes. to spark something in me. Like I feel yes. like sometimes it's an, we live in this all or nothing society yes. of like it's either perfect and going well and we have happiness and joy or we're not, right? Like we're just yes. in the pit of doom. But yeah. I feel like it's just those little small things that can really add up over time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you would say to that or like if there's any starting oh, I, yeah. things to get people started. Like what is your take on like the first few steps of really experiencing daily happiness? Well, I would say the first thing that you need to do is start, you know, making a list of the things that make you happy. Just keep it in your phone, brainstorm, you know, with your best friend or your Mm -hmm. partner or your roommate, the things that make you happy. And then I have sort of like a happiness, like go-to list because there are things that make me really happy, but are like time consuming and expensive. And there are things that make me happy that are free and take five minutes. Looking my cutest, like wearing a cute outfit and like putting on a full face of makeup and like being out in public instead of working in my sweatpants at home. I mean, that takes 20 minutes for me to do. It doesn't cost anything. Right. Makes me really happy. Taking a walk around the block, sitting next to the river with the dog, rereading one of my favorite books from childhood. All of those things are free and easily accessible to me. So I tell people to sort of create like a go-to list. Um, And the other thing Mm -hmm. that I have found is, and this is something that I still personally like struggle with, is I will frequently tell myself that I don't have enough time to do this thing that I know will make me happy. 
Like, I don't have enough time to, like, put on my eyebrows or, like, I don't have enough time to, like, put my meal on a plate and sit down and eat it. And the thing is, the time difference between not doing it and doing it is frequently, truly, maybe a minute and a half. Oh, my gosh. We all have a minute and a half. We're all spending, like, (laughs) 20 minutes minimum on social media a day. Devote that time to something that brings you joy instead of... Not one of the things that I thought was really interesting when I had my students make their list of things that made them happy. One student said, what's really interesting to me is I'm noticing what I'm not putting on that list. And social media is not on my happiness list. And yet I'm Mm -hmm. spending like 45 minutes a day on it. And the things that I know make me happy, I'm spending like five minutes on it. So time is not a renewable resource. If we all took a hard look at the where we're spending our time and our energy, it is not necessarily you know, lining up with our values or our happiness. That is so true. And some of them are even stealing our happiness. Like I look at social social media in general and it's like just saps the joy out of so many people's life. Yeah, I think it was when you answered one of the first questions you talked about, Instagram, you know, like so many of us get so caught up in how it's going to look in our feed. And like, mm-hmm. we are like, I've heard recently that we're a generation that has more pictures than ever, but the least amount of memories. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and it's something I struggle with even of like, oh, you have to curate the best feed. And, but mm-hmm. really outside of that, like, does that even matter? So is it just boiling it down to like, looking at your life and finding out what is on your happiness list. And if it's not like how much time should you devote to those things? You know, like, is it, how do you help people manage their time? This of course depends on your personality type again, but there is, it's called um, toggle T O G G L. It's a time tracker. And I encourage people to for a week track how they're spending their time. You drag it into the menu bar of your Mm -hmm. um, browser, or you can put it on your phone and it tracks your time. So you say like, okay, I've been on Instagram for this long or, okay, you know, I've been cleaning for this long. And I'm sure there are also other apps that do the same thing. And then when you're done, it makes you a pie chart. And let me tell you, (laughs) oh, it is shocking to see how much time you have spent on social media, you know, cleaning around the house when, you know, maybe your partner or your kids or your roommate should be helping with that. Or, you know, like running errands that you hate when, you know, if you're lucky enough, you could probably get stuff delivered. Like, it is amazing to see how your time breaks down when you really actually track Mm -hmm. it. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Or even just, I mean, we've all done the thing where like you fall into a Facebook hole and all of a sudden you're like, it's like 45 (laughs) minutes later and you're like, what, what am I doing? Like you're stalking like your cousin's girlfriend or something. So I would say really notice when that happens. And this is sort of advanced, but the best way to sort of improve your self-control is to notice when and why you lose control. Mm. So what I mean by that Mm. is like, let's say that you know it makes you happy to work out every morning. And some mornings you can make it happen and some mornings you can't. So what is the common denominator in those mornings when you don't work out? Or let's say Mm -hmm. you know it makes you happy to like go to that community egg class every Tuesday and sometimes you go and sometimes you don't. So like what's going on those Tuesdays that you don't go? Is it because you procrastinate about work and now you don't have time? Is it because 
you know, you ate a bunch of carbs and sugar and you feel sort of grumpy and you just can't be bothered? Is it because it's raining outside and the thought of like leaving the house when it's wet and dark is unappealing? Is it because you, you know, had a yucky email exchange with a client? If you can figure out the common denominators of why you're making bad choices, it's much easier to avoid them. Yeah, this is why I love this stuff because there's, I mean, I feel like health and when people try to box off their life into little segments, but it all flows together. Like, oh, like you said, it's just knowing those triggers and and then using that to make better decisions. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating mm-hmm. when you get into it. And it's so simple. Like, it makes it so simple because you don't have all these little boxes of things you got to get yeah. right. It's yeah. just like, just do life. Yes. <laughs> like, this yes. is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay. I really want to get into the topic of banking happiness because mm-hmm. that's really kind of the goal is to learn how to do that. So can you mm-hmm. just define what you mean by banking happiness? So banking happiness is basically, and to be completely transparent, Gretchen Rubin is the one who coined this term. I'm not, I'm not the genius who came up with this. She didn't, she hasn't really gone into how to do it, but she's the one who came up with this term, but it's basically when things are going really smoothly in your life or, you know, when all the kids are healthy, when all your friends are getting along, when you and your partner are having a really great time, there are things that you can do to sort of capture that, to sort of tuck that in your pocket. So when things are going rough, you'll have something to fall back on. There's a really great uh, Shel Silverstein poem where he talks about um, something about like having a dream and freezing it. And then you put it in the freezer and then you thaw it out and heat it up and put your feet in it on a cold day. And it's sort of the happiness equivalent of doing that. Okay, that makes total sense. So is it similar to diversifying happiness or would you classify them as two different things? To me, they're different, but they're both strategies that I really recommend because so diversifying happiness is most of us, again, myself included, get our happiness from one or two sources. For me, it's travel and improving my physical space, puttering around my house and like hanging things and painting things and spackling things. Both of those things are huge sources of joy for me. Mm -hmm. But what happens like when my house is like done or what happens if I have a health issue and I can't travel or like something happens with my passport or something happens with my family and I need to be nearby. So now not only is that sad and stressful because, you know, it's just sad and stressful, but also like where I got my happiness is gone. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important to sort of like cast a wide net and get happiness from lots of different sources. Because again, life changes, you change your circumstances, your income, your relationships change. And if you're putting all of your happiness eggs in one basket, it's really hard to live a balanced, happy life if you're getting all of your happiness from one place. Right. Because then you can experience major letdown almost, you know, like the... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Heartbreak. So when when, mm-hmm. we, when we talk about kind of mapping out happiness, I don't know if mapping out is the right word, but kind of journaling happiness, how often do you like refresh that list? Because obviously seasonally, right? Like you said, in childhood, we can notice the same patterns mm-hmm. in adulthood, but how often do we really need to kind of take note or inventory on how our life has changed and what's changed so we can diversify happiness, so we can essentially bank that happiness? So I have sort of like my big happiness list. And I also am always, whenever I notice something making me happy, I'll put it in my document on my phone. Mm-hmm. 
Um, at the end of the year, my my husband and I um, do sort of a what worked, what didn't, what are we going to do about it exercise, like through every area of our life. And and every night I, I have a gratitude list. Mm. So that's sort of how I do it. And I think it's also a really good, like when something changes in your life, like when you move to a different home, if, you know, you move to a new city and your social network is gone, if your kids, you know, go to college those are also really good times to sort of take inventory about what's making you happy these days. And I would also say that it's really good to talk, have have conversations with people you love and respect and admire about what makes them happy. Because something I see again and again in my Facebook group, I will ask people to share their happiness lists. And what's interesting is Maybe you by yourself would come up with like 10 things. But when you see other people's happiness list, you're like, oh, you're right. No, that also totally makes me happy. So just having those conversations and hearing about what makes other people happy will help you expand yours. So what do you find has personally kept you in check with your happiness? I know you mentioned gratitude and Mm -hmm. research shows that that statistically makes people more joy-filled and happy in general. But what... Mm -hmm. What other things, like, what actually keeps you in check with that? Well, this is really nerdy, but I literally schedule things into my calendar that I know will make me happy. Mm. Um, yes. And Okay, but so important. Yes. So important. Yes. Because time, if we don't feel time, time will fill itself. Like, yes. I'm a big believer in that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go, go yeah. ahead. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you. Oh, no, no. So I, I literally schedule it into my calendar. You know, my, my husband and I are both very active in this process, so we will hold each other accountable. Like, I know... Um, socializing is really important to him. So I know that this weekend I have two social things planned with my friends and he doesn't have any social things planned with his friends. So I said to him today, like, you know, you know, I, I noticed like I'm going out on Saturday night with my girlfriends. Do you want to like call Connor or call Joel? So we will hold each other accountable to things that we know will make the other happy. Mm-hmm. And something else that I do is for me and studies have shown this, that novelty is novelty, trying new things and challenge are huge parts of happiness. And so every year I make a list of new things that I'm going to try 25 new things. And some of them are really big, you know, like run an obstacle 5k. And some of them are totally like read this book that everybody's read that I haven't read. And I put them in the sidebar of my blog. So I'm being held accountable. And then I work my way through them and, and trying those Mm -hmm. new things has been a huge source of happiness for me. And because it's on the blog, I'm held accountable. So I'm sort of quote unquote forced to do it. Mm, yeah. I like that. Okay. So I kind of want to switch this because I feel like I, there's so many people out there who are like, yeah, I could really get behind this happiness thing. But then there's a whole other group of people who are almost terrified to be happy. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Brené Brown calls this like something like foreboding joy, right? Like yeah. we're, we're almost scared to let ourselves be happy for fear that we're going to be disappointed or rejected or, or something like that. So how do you get people to move beyond that fear of happiness? And I don't even know if some people would say or admit that they have a fear of happiness, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a very real thing. Yeah. So how do you yeah. get someone to uh, be in tune to the fact that they're really not experiencing happiness in life and move beyond that? Well, one of the things, this is again sort of dark, but like no matter if you're trying to be happy or you're not trying to be happy, you're going to be disappointed and rejected no matter what, because that's life, you know, like that, right. That doesn't, maybe that doesn't sound like super inspiring, but it's the truth. Just like, yeah, right. People are judging you whether you pursue your dreams or not. So you might as well pursue them. That's my very Midwestern, like just try, like what's the worst (laughs) that's going to happen? Like you're not, you're going to be happy. You might be happier if you try. And if you're not, you're where you were right now. But I would say, I think with pretty much everything I teach, I think it's really important to figure out why. Like, why do you believe that you don't deserve to be happy? Because if you can't figure out why, 
any solution is not going to be long lasting. So why is it? Are you afraid that if you're happy, people in your life won't accept that? Did someone in your life make you feel like you don't deserve to be happy? On some level, do you feel like happy people are like frivolous and unintelligent? Do you feel like it's more noble to be unhappy? Do you feel like there's so many bad things going on in the world that it's ridiculous to be happy. If you can figure out why you're clinging to your unhappiness, it's much easier to move past it. So I think the real first step is figuring out why you're struggling with that. And then my like sensible mom side is like, well, you might as well try because right. it's going to life is going to happen uh-huh. whether you're trying to be happy or not. So you might as well try. Right. There's really no risk in it. No more than no. just living a mediocre or kind of a non-emotional life. On the other extreme, there's people who, and I find myself to be one of these these people where you really work to create happiness in your life and you do that, but yet you let other people's happiness or lack of happiness affect your happiness. Do you you get what I'm saying on that? Like we let those feelings of other people kind of come on us and then I just notice and I, I hold my my husband accountable to this. I'm like, when I'm having a bad day, like the worst thing you can do is also have a bad day. Like, yeah. or kind of play off my feelings. Like, how do we get outside of like playing off someone else's feelings and really just kind of being our own person in that? Oh, yeah. that That is very hard because I think that, A, you know, we're humans. We're sensitive to our surroundings. And B, sometimes it can feel disrespectful or unloving. Like if somebody you care about is having a bad day and you're like, whatever, my day's great. Like it can feel sort of icky. So for me, when that happens, you know, I I definitely like address, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry, that sounds like a really frustrating situation. Or like, do you need a snack? Or, you know, like, do you need to ride your bike or whatever? For my own like peace of mind, like I definitely address what's going on so I can feel like I've been a good friend or a good partner. Um, And then for me, I usually create physical distance as much as possible between me and the person who is having um, a rough go of it. Because I have a really hard time uh, being in a good mood when I'm, you know, 10 feet away from somebody who is like visibly sulking. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's how I manage it. But it it can be really hard, especially um, if you live with a partner or a best friend or you have kids. For me, I find it easier to be in a good mood around grumpy kids because whatever, they're grumpy half the time. (laughs) But when it's like, your best friend and she's going through a divorce or, you know, your husband just got laid off or your wife, you know, just got a really serious health diagnosis. Like that's obviously serious in a different story. But like if your roommate is just having a bad day, like I think, you know, have a 10 minute conversation about it and then maybe go to a coffee shop. That's how I deal with it. Right. Right. Do you believe happiness is contagious? Um, Yes. Yes. And something that I think is can be really hard is if you are a naturally happy person or you're actively working on your happiness and you share a space with somebody who is not or is naturally more pessimistic, it can feel hard because it can feel like you're sort of like carrying the weight for both of you. And it can feel sort of like, why is it my responsibility Mm -hmm. to like buoy up Mm -hmm. the both of us? Um, And I think the solution for that is having some conversations about it, mm-hmm. you know, like w- understanding why somebody is coming from where they're coming from, how they feel about you being happy, you communicating why, you know, having a happy day to day life is important to you. Um, because I think a lot of times people who are pessimistic or in a bad mood, they're certainly not trying to spread it around and they might not understand how it's affecting you. So I think it's really important to have those conversations. Right, right. I totally agree with that. So I kind of want to ask you a few of your personal questions because I always like, 
I always like to hear other people's answers. Like you said, just asking other people gives you ideas for how you can kind of spark this. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like we can talk about happiness all we want. And sometimes it's overwhelming, which yeah. seems like such a silly thing. But it can be really overwhelming to be like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know how to get started. Yeah. So for you, yes. like, what are five of the biggest factors you do daily that have the greatest impact on how you live in happiness? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, number one, getting outside, which is obvious and easy. Um, number one, getting outside. Um, number two, I eat all of my meals at the table with a placemat. And I try really hard to make beautiful meals, even if it's just like oatmeal and some fruit. Like I cut up the fruit nicely and I like sprinkle nutmeg on top and like a little drizzle. Like I make my meals beautiful, even if it's just me, just right. myself. It really makes a huge difference to me. Um, so getting outside, making my meals beautiful, reading fiction every day because I read a lot of, you know, like psychology and social science and stuff for, for work. And so reading just like fun, you know, somewhat silly fiction is a huge source of happiness for me. Like I said, fussing with my space. Oh my gosh. I could like spackle and paint and rehang and reframe (laughs) things all day long. And you could, you need to come to my house for a while. Oh my gosh. Oh, truly. I am like just last weekend, a friend was talking about decluttering and I was like, if you need help, I will come over. (laughs) Truly. I'll do it. Um, and I would, and I would, and just, um, and having, meaningful conversations with people I care about is, is a real source of happiness for me feeling like we're really connecting. We're not just talking about like, what have you been up to lately? But like, Oh, you know, like, why do you think that big fight happened with your partner? Or like, Ooh, it's so cool that you're planning that trip. Like, what are you most excited about? Or, Ooh, you know, it sounds like you got going through some big changes at work. How do you feel about like having real meaningful conversations with people I care about is a, is a real source of happiness for me. I love that you said that because I've been thinking a lot lately about how I feel like happiness is found under the surface and I feel like we've become a very surface level generation. Like it's not found on social media, like the surface of what everyone's trying to, you know, put up or like the surface conversations that you could have with people. But it's like really developing those relationships and getting underneath the surface of your own life, which can be scary and frightening, but extremely like fulfilling in the end. So when you talk about like decluttering and simplicity, it's also something that I'm pretty passionate about. Like I, I feel like in health in general, when we find people who kind of let go of things, um, toxic things, like just too many things, it really creates such a huge benefit. So what do you think personally cutting out some of the noise in our life, whether that be from how much we do to how much stuff we have at home, how many goals we even set for ourselves, has on reaching our overall destination? Oh my gosh. I think paring it down makes it so much easier, so much easier. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Like it's a law of averages. If you move, if you're trying to do 10 things and you move an inch in 10 directions, it's not the same as moving 10 inches in one direction. Right. Um, and one of the really simple things that I do is so every day um, I have a, I, I call it a can do list instead of a to do list. So then I don't feel guilty if I don't finish everything on it. Um, and I only am allowed to put five things on my can do list. And one of those things has to be fun. Um, because oh, I, love that. I can actually finish four things in a day, but before I right. sort of instituted this policy, I would have like a 12 point to do list. And of course I never finished them. Um, and I would feel bad about myself. Uh-huh. It's the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have to schedule happiness into your life now? Or do you feel like that just becomes, does it just become habit over time? Like, do you look at your life now and think like, I have to schedule these certain things in, or are they just like non-negotiable things that you just do? 
Well, I would say it's sort of a it's sort of a both. Like the smaller things, like I don't have to schedule taking the dog for a walk. Like I do that every day and I know that it's going to be awesome. I don't have to schedule having meaningful conversations with my husband because I know that's going to be awesome. But there are, but like the larger things like road trips and like planning a cabin weekend with my friends or inviting these people over for dinner, that stuff I actively have to schedule. But Mm -hmm. for me, because I've been doing this for so long, the the sort of day-to-day stuff takes care of itself. But the bigger things... Um, definitely require scheduling, but it's absolutely worth it. And it's not hard. Like I will, you know, at the beginning of every month, I look at, okay, what weekends do I have free? Who I haven't, who I haven't I seen for a while? What new things are in my list? And, you know, I'll spend like 20 minutes at the beginning of every month, you know, writing things into my calendar. Right. So um, I just have a few fun questions. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of giving people ideas and sparking some interest to do that. So First up, what are you reading? You said books bring you happiness. Something that I found this last year was my my kind of, I don't want to say resolution. I'm not a big resolution person, but it was like my goal this year to just read more and be on mm-hmm. um, the internet and devices less. And there's so Ooh. much joy to be had there. And I've oh, learned yeah. so much. But what is yes. your favorite book or what's one of your favorite books that you've read? I, well, sort of, I have two answers. One is like my like proper literature. Um, I love everything that Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie writes. Um, Americana mm-hmm. is one of my favorite books. I recommend it to everyone. Everything she writes, her short stories are amazing. We Shall Be Feminists is amazing. She's wonderful. Um, and in terms of like slightly more like comfort reading, um, everything that L.M. Montgomery has ever written. So she wrote Anna Green Gables and she also wrote like 23 other novels, all of which are like a variation right. on the theme of a plucky young woman and Prince Edward Island. And they're all great and they're sweet and they're comforting and they're like pretty low risk. Um, And the other thing that I like about them is like it is such a good reminder. Like the people like Anne of Green Gables has like five dresses and then like and, you know, they want like a new rug. And so they like think about how they're going to buy a new rug and where they're going to get the material which is, I mean, I have more than five dresses. And if I wanted a new dress, I would just go to Target and buy one. So it's it's really sort of interesting and fun and a good reminder to immerse yourself in this other time when people had, they were so much more intentional with what mm-hmm. they had. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally true. Okay, next question. Where's your traveler? So where's mm-hmm. your favorite place you've ever been? Oh my gosh. Wow. That is a great question. Um, I would say it is a tie between Stockholm, Sweden and Greece. Stockholm, because my family is Swedish and Norwegian. And when I went to Stockholm, it was one of the only places where I've been, where I looked like everybody. Um, (sighs) and, and I cannot, it's amazing. Everyone is so polite. There's no, like, even the subway stations are beautiful. The airport has blonde hardwood floors. Like the trains run on time. Like it is like an entire country full of like people who are raised correctly. Like everybody like right. shows up on time to the party, like with a bottle of wine and then like helps clean up and then like leaves at a sensible time. And everyone's really beautiful. Um, so I loved uh, Stockholm mostly because it was just like my spiritual home. And I loved Greece because I've been wanting to go to Greece since I was in like fifth grade and we did the Greek gods unit in social studies. Um, And I have traveled enough and been to enough countries that I was looking forward to going to and then being disappointed. 
And so I remember landing in Athens and sort of like giving myself like a little talk about how like, okay, manage your expectations. Remember what Thailand was like. Um, and Greece lived up to and exceeded every expectation I have ever had. So mm-hmm. I would say Greece, Greece and um, Sweden are probably my two favorites. Okay. So what's still like, what's one of the next trips you want to take? Like what's on your must visit list? Well, I really wanted to go to Russia, but I feel like that's got to be on hold for a little while. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I would say uh, Mongolia is probably um, my next okay. really big trip. I've, I've been obsessed with Mongolia um, for a really long time. And I had a friend in graduate school who was from Ulaanbaatar and the stories that she told me about it just, and I have a friend who went to the um, Golden Eagle Festival uh, earlier, I think it was last year. And just that alone looked um, amazing. So yeah, I think, I think Mongolia is my next big trip. Awesome. Okay. What three products are you loving at the moment? Oh my gosh. Okay. So if, yes, anyone who has ever, who knows me on the internet knows that I am completely obsessed with my Roomba vacuum cleaner. Like when people have pets, I want one so bad. Oh my God, it will change your life. It is an investment in your quality of life and your family and your marriage. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> if mine broke, I would just go on Amazon and order another one. They are not cheap, but they are worth every single penny. Um, so I'm obsessed with my Roomba. I'm upset with I'm obsessed with my Nutribullet blender. Um, uh-huh. I love a good smoothie. I love cashew cheese. I love hummus, and they make it. And it's like ninety dollars or seventy dollars instead of a Vitamix, right. which is like five hundred. Um, so I'm obsessed with that. And I'm also obsessed. I have dry-ish skin. And, of course, the Midwest is cold and dry. Um, And so, like, normal moisturizers are not even, like, moisturizing enough for me. So I use jojoba oil under everything. And that's really been a game changer. So then I can, like, put on jojoba oil and then put on, like, cheap oil of Olay. And then it's enough. Otherwise, like, I was applying moisturizer. Where do you get that oil at? I've never heard of that before. Just on Amazon. It's J-O-J-O-B. It's just like a type of oil. Like there are tons of brands of it, but you can buy a decent sized bottle on Amazon for like $14 and you just, you know, squeeze them into your hand, rub it on your face, put your moisturizer over it. I do it at night and in the morning and it makes my makeup go on better. And then like when I use Retin-A, my skin doesn't peel. Yeah. Those are, so those are the three things I'm obsessed with. Oh, the struggle is real with dry skin in the winter in the Midwest. Oh my God. Like, and you get like flakes around the sides of your nose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just too hard. Chap skin's the worst. Okay. Yep. What is one thing, like if you had to choose one thing that you was non-negotiable, that you couldn't live without, that you do every single day for your happiness, what would it be? Um, Play with my pets. Oh, yeah. I think the world would be a better place if we all owned an animal. Uh, right? Yes. Like- <laughs> they love us so much. And they're so funny and cute. I know. I'm like, you were like the happiest creature all day long. I'm not yes. even sure. But like you just... Yeah, radiate happiness and joy. Oh my gosh! In yes. fact, we've gotten to the point with our kids where they're acting out. I'm like, okay, there's such a thing as therapy dogs, right? Like, let's yes, start using really our dog is. as a a therapy dog. And yes. I'm not kidding you. Like, once our kids are kind of going crazy, having a bad day, temper tantrum, especially mm-hmm. with my oldest, I'm like, you know what? Why don't you go sit? Our dog's name is Boomer. Why don't you go sit with mm-hmm. Boomer for a while and just like pet him and just love on him? I'm not kidding you. It yeah. changes their attitudes in a matter of minutes. And then it's like they yes. start laughing because they start getting licked. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, yes. and he loves it. You know, like, yes. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Yes. I'm a yes. big believer. We all need a pet. If you don't yes. have a pet, yes. it could bring a lot of joy to your life. They yes. say research proves it increases longevity right (laughs) yes and i will also say this is a weird tip but so i'm a stepmom 
I went from living by myself in a two bedroom apartment to living with uh, three dudes and a cat and a dog in a three bedroom house. Um, and it sounds like, why would you want a dog in the mix of all that? But truly having a dog made that transition easier because you can like, when things are tense, you can be like, you know, who else doesn't clean the table? Loretta, which right. is the dog. And that's hilarious. <laughs> um, and when things are tense, I can take the dog for a walk and it's not like, Ooh, Sarah's mad. It can just be like, no, I'm just right. taking the dog for a walk. Or if one of the children needs to like get out and get some exercise, but you can't, but they're not open to being told that they need to get out and get some exercise, but they are being open, but they are open to being told that the dog needs a walk because right. then it's not like you being like, get out of my hair. It's like, Oh, Loretta hasn't had any exercise today. Will you take her out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Last question. Mm-hmm. What is one piece of advice you could leave us with or one action step that we could do to find more happiness in our own life starting today? Um, well, I would say to realize that you can and should experience happiness every day and to get started by just taking note when you feel happy and writing it down in your phone so you can reference it later. That's just a really easy first step right. and just doing that can be really transformative. Mm-hmm. I love the the go-to happiness list. I think that's mm-hmm. – we do it I, – I speak about it with meals, like having a go-to meal list idea, you know, for those nights Ooh, when yeah. things are going crazy and you can just grab a meal. I love the idea for happiness mm-hmm. too because sometimes you just need that quick reminder of like, oh, yeah, I could go do that quick and kind of yeah. de-stress or decompose for, or decompress from the day mm-hmm. and – yeah. Awesome, yep. Sarah. This has been so much fun. I love oh, this topic. I think, I think more people should be uh, talking about it. And definitely make sure you check out Sarah at yesandyes.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will link up some stuff. You also, I want you to tell them about your boot camp course that you have. Yes. Um, and just where people can learn more about you and, and what you do. Absolutely. Um, so I'm all over social media at Yes and Yes blog. That's my handle everywhere. Um, I have a full length six week course called put your money where your happy is. And if you want a taste of that, you can sign up for the free five day bootcamp, which is at yesnes.org slash bootcamp. It's five days. You get, um, every day you get an email, you get a workbook, there are videos that go with it. There's a Facebook group and this is all free. And just from this free bootcamp, uh, a few weeks ago, I got an email from a woman who had gone through the free bootcamp and she realized that her spending was directly related to how much she hated her job. And so because of the free boot camp, she trained to get like a different licensure and was able to quit the job that she hated, got a new job with a $10,000 raise. And this is from yeah. a free five day boot camp. So like, right. ju- why not just try it? It's free. Right. right. And that can be found at yes and yes.org slash bootcamp. I'll make mm-hmm. sure and link that up in the show notes as well. Um, and yeah, I think I sign up for Sarah's emails. She does a fabulous job and they're so entertaining and yet um, valuable. And I've learned so much from her and just the site that she's put on. So definitely check her out. And Sarah, thank you so much for being on. I would love to have you on again later in the future and talk about other topics because like I said, even though this has nothing to do with how you should eat or how you should exercise, this is everything about your health. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it all flows together. And I believe that the lifestyle aspect and our joy and our happiness and just how we live our life equates to over half the equation on how our body, how healthy our body is and, you know, Mm -hmm. our weight loss success or whatever you're chasing. um, It really starts with with our life. And so um, I think these are important topics to talk about. And I really, really thank you for being on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. Thank you again, Sarah, for being on the show. And I hope you enjoyed that just as much as I did. 
I've already started making my happiness list and I hope you have too. I seriously have never realized that I needed a happiness list so bad. So of course, your challenge today and this week is to start recording what does make you happy, what fills you up, and remember that we can't work ourselves to happiness. We have to choose it. Some days this may be a challenge, but there was always a glimmer of hope laying somewhere. And as you know, I'm one of the co-founders of Nourish Planner, which is a 12-month printed planner to help you create simplicity and a healthy life. But the key is one that you actually enjoy. And to go along with this podcast, we just launched a new five-day Nourish Life Challenge that goes directly with this episode in finding happiness and joy in the life you live. The goal of the challenge is to help you start living the life you've only wished you could. That could mean hosting a barbecue and enjoying the entire thing without the need to do the dishes partway through. It could also mean creating a morning routine that you love. And it definitely does mean setting boundaries to work and work efficiently while still leaving room for time to play. If you love this episode, then you'll love that five-day challenge. So to sign up for the challenge, head on over to nourishplanner.com and all of the information is available there. Remember, it is completely free for you to join. Also, don't forget to head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 054 to get all the information on today's show and my own take on happiness. Again, that's simplerootswellness.com slash 054 to get all the information you need on today's show. And one final thing before we go. As you've heard me talk about before, I would love, love, love if you could drop by iTunes and leave a rating and review for Simple Roots Radio. These ratings and reviews are literally the lifeblood of the show and to help new listeners find the show easily. A rating and review literally takes two minutes and means the world to me. Not to mention, your honest feedback helps me shape the show into what you want it to be. To leave an honest rating and review, head on over to simplerootswellness.com review and know that I am forever grateful. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me in the first episode of the summer series. I hope you loved it as much as I did. And don't forget to make your happiness list this week and tune back in next week as we uncover how to finally heal. And I mean, finally heal. See you then.